You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome back to the Full Steam Ahead podcast, a podcast about Purdue. Today we are talking to David Broker, who is the Chief Innovation and Collaboration Officer for the Purdue Research Foundation at Purdue Discovery Park District. Uh, David, welcome to the show. Adam, my pleasure to be here. Let's just start right off with what is, for those who don't know, what is the Purdue Discovery Park District? Well, the Discovery Park District is a new development that's going in uh, along the western edge of the Purdue University campus. Um, Because of the investment that's been made by the City of West Lafayette and uh, Purdue Research Foundation, um, the State Street uh, corridor now is open for development. Um, There's approximately 250 acres of future development. Um, And so the Discovery Park District is really a a big opportunity to develop um, an innovation community that literally sits on the Purdue campus. Um, It'll be different than what you see when you walk through Purdue University. Most of those buildings are academic buildings and sporting venues and student dorms and living units. Uh, But Discovery Park District is really going to be an integrated community in and of itself um, with some research facilities, but but, but, uh, additional housing and residential opportunities all all the way from multifamily to individual residences to uh, professional office buildings, retail, uh, a future uh, landing spot for perhaps hotel, convention center, um, industries uh, are looking to you know, create a new home uh, in that area. So it's an exciting development that over the next 10 or 15 years is really going to transform that western side of the Purdue campus. Do you know when this whole idea kind of got started and how long has it been in existence? Um, I would say that the Discovery Park District, and it really goes back to, to that work that I said, uh, the precursor work with the State Street um, project, but it's probably been underway in terms of like master planning and, and some of the, the development uh, aspects of it going back probably close to three to four years. Um, and now that the actual infrastructure and roadway of State Street is in place, you're starting to see the first buildings uh, pop up. So your title, Chief Innovation and Collaboration Officer, what does that mean? What is your role in all of this? Um, hey, great question. <laughs> My wife asks me that all the time. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know exactly how to answer it, but no, in in my role uh, working for the Purdue Research Foundation as the Chief Innovation and Collaboration Officer, um, I'm really trying to um, uh, do a couple things. First of all is uh, bring companies to campus uh, to collaborate with uh, the research faculty, uh, the tremendous areas of of research opportunity for innovation, to explore innovation. Uh, It doesn't necessarily mean just big companies. It can be companies of all shapes and sizes. Um, you know, Purdue is one of the top partnering uh, and collaboration universities. Uh, it's one of the easiest to work with. And so my job is to work with, um, you know, all the other groups across campus uh, to, to bring in and, and strengthen relationships where we already have good partnerships, but also to try to bring some new ones to the table. Uh, the second thing that my job entails is, uh, uh, and this is really comes back to the Discovery Park District aspect of it, is to try to get that some of those companies to actually come and locate uh, to uh, West Lafayette and to the Purdue campus. And, you know, it's a little bit of a chicken and egg kind of thing, but companies won't come unless there's a real strategic reason to be there. Uh, 
And so part of my job is to figure out how to you know, understand what are the problems that companies are having, um, where what are the opportunities and assets that are available at a Purdue University, and how can I play kind of matchmaker to make that happen. And in the process, get some of these organizations and companies to come and locate uh, to West Lafayette and to Purdue University. Is that all part of that 30-year master plan that was uh, announced a year or so ago and just trying to attract a business? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, if you look at it, we've been very successful. I think, uh, you know, you can point to a couple uh, companies that already were on campus, like Rolls-Royce, which is at the western edge of the State Street um, corridor. Uh, They uh, built their facility uh, several years ago, and now it's one of the advanced uh, engine testing platforms for the Rolls-Royce company. Um, Last fall, we did groundbreaking for Schweitzer Engineering Laboratories. Uh, This is the expansion uh, for Schweitzer Engineering. Uh, Ed Schweitzer is a Purdue graduate, uh, and he had lots of places where he could go to expand his business, and he chose uh, West Lafayette and Purdue because of his knowledge, uh, obviously, of the university. But importantly, it gave him access to future workforce, uh, access to students, access to the engineering groups here at Purdue. Um, And then um, about a month ago, uh, six weeks ago, we announced uh, that Saab uh, made a decision to locate a new uh, fabrication facility for one of the most advanced fighter jet training uh, systems uh, in the world. Uh, And they're going to be going into our um, aerospace district. So these are great examples of uh, you know, companies that have chosen to you know, locate uh, to West Lafayette to be near Purdue students, be near Purdue faculty, uh, avail themselves of the environment. Uh, that's a very innovation and research-focused uh, environment. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be big companies going forward. Um, one of the other projects that I'm working on is this Convergence Center. Uh, the Convergence Center is going to be a professional office space for other companies that want to come to campus, uh, companies that only want to rent maybe a couple hundred square feet of an office space, all the way up to companies that might want to take a whole floor or a half a floor. So you don't necessarily have to build a 100,000 square foot facility to be on campus. That's what we're trying to do is give people options uh, to locate to uh, in the Discovery Park District and Aerospace District to, to be close to Purdue University. What does that say for Purdue that they're already getting this many commitments, especially from the large groups and small, uh, this early on into this whole project? Well, I think it speaks, you know, volumes to the type of university that that Purdue is. I mean, it's one of the top um, engineering schools in the country. Uh, We have strengths in all kinds of areas, but if I highlight a few, you know, it would be uh, agriculture, uh, uh, aerospace, uh, aviation. Uh, I think in the life science areas, um, we have tremendous strengths in computer science uh, and sort of the future of digital technology and innovation. We have an outstanding cybersecurity um, curriculum uh, and program that uh, many companies are actually coming to campus now to get training on, again, force development standpoint. So I think, I think you know, the ingredients here uh, in terms of faculty, their ideas, uh, the students, uh, it's a very applied, uh, you know, uh, area of, uh, areas of interest for people. Um, and I think importantly, and, and I can speak to this 
in my experience prior to joining Purdue is, you know, I've worked with a lot of universities throughout my career. Uh, what makes also Purdue very, very special is, uh, you know, they're very easy to work with. Uh, we really do have an open door policy. Uh, we don't let bureaucracy stand in the way of getting things done. Uh, and companies see that. And so that's where, you know, people want to People want to be at places where it's easy to get things done. And, and not only do we have a, a great environment, but we're also an easy partner to work with. Who is the Discovery Park District designed for? Is it students, uh, professionals, families, all of the above? Yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> <laughs> and probably probably some entities and groups and organizations that we haven't even thought about. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, as, as I alluded to in my introductory comments, Discovery Park District is really going to be this mixed community of people that want to live there, people that want to work there, people that want to do both of those things, uh, people places where there's going to be tremendous opportunity to interact and collide with uh, uh, the, the, the research uh, faculty and other people across campus and students. Um, you know, the whole, the whole sort of culture ethos of the, of the place is, 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 again, oriented towards bringing people together, uh, sharing ideas, and going off and trying to pursue those ideas for the sake of having an impact. And that really goes back to, I think, also the founding of the university as a 150 years ago as a land-grant college. So, you know, if we do our job right, you're going to see all of those sorts of groups of people that you mentioned uh, come to campus and want to be a part of it. And one of the descriptions I was reading, it calls it a $1 billion development that will transform the west side of the Purdue campus, creating jobs, uh, advancing economic development, and creating a, an environment to work, live, and play. I want to kind of build off those themes there. Talk about the uh, jobs that this is creating for the economy. Um, a great question. You know, if you look at, excuse me, just just the, <laughs> the sheer construction of it, if you go down State Street now, the it was always kind of a hard place to find a parking spot. Uh, and unfortunately, that problem has been compounded uh, just because of the sheer volume of activity there. So if you look in the near term, just in terms of jobs impacting a tremendous amount of construction jobs that are you know, already underway, building all these buildings and routing the infrastructure and doing all that hard work, and you know that's going to continue for, for a while. We've got several projects underway, but if you think about this over the next uh, 10 plus years uh, to develop and, kid and, and, and build out the whole area, there's there's going to be a steady stream of that kind of work and activity going on uh, throughout Discovery Park. Um, but if you do look then at some of these anchor tenants that I mentioned, whether it's Rolls Royce or Schweitzer, or in the case of Saab, they're going to be bringing uh, potentially up to 300 people uh, into their facility. And so, you know, you start to get a couple, five, six, seven types of Saab organizations, and, you know, you're, you're into the several thousand uh, in terms of potential jobs. Um, you also have companies, as I mentioned, coming into the convergence center, and while they might not bring hundreds of jobs, there could be two or three uh, uh, that you know would, uh, become the founding of an innovation center for a company on campus. So you know, the, the, the I don't I don't know what the the final tally was or what was sort of contemplated in the master plan, but, but this could involve you know several thousands of jobs uh, over the next ten years coming into this area. Um, That's incredible. Will these be jobs for uh, experienced people in the workforce or Purdue students or, again, a mix of both? It, 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 it'll be a mix of both. Um, 
know, they're going to be case of solve. I keep using that as the example, but you know, they're going to have to hire these 300 people. Um, part of their um, you know decision-making process to locate to Indiana was workforce availability. And when you look at the greater West Lafayette and Lafayette areas, we have a history of you know great manufacturing companies coming to town and finding the talent that they need. So you know these are going to be uh, experienced uh, manufacturing and assembly people that they're going to be recruiting and, 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 and obviously hiring and training. Um, I think it's going to present opportunities for uh, Purdue graduates as well, people that you know don't necessarily have to go someplace else uh, to get a great engineering job in aviation or aerospace or whatever other uh, types of companies that are going to come to campus so it's a way to retain talent uh, in, the, in the local area. So it'll be a mix of, of all of those uh, types of people and skill sets. I imagine also just a great opportunity for internships and things of the like of to keep students on or near campus uh, during the school year and in the summer, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a, that's an important thing that you mentioned, and it's not just a traditional summer internship. Many companies now uh, want to hire students uh, throughout the academic year if they can, uh, as a way to continue to sort of work with them and evaluate them. Uh, and so, by the time they're a senior, actually going into the senior year, they want to be able to make a permanent job offer to them so that they, you know, don't look elsewhere and they know, okay, I got I got my plan now. All I need to do is figure out how to you know work. Around and, and complete my senior year, good, good grades, and graduate. So uh, absolutely part of the equation. And again, like you mentioned, an opportunity for the state of Indiana and even the West Lafayette community just to keep keep students and graduates here instead of going off into other states. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. We also mentioned uh, live. There's residential villages and apartments going in in the district. How many you know, places where this uh, provide for people to live. So if you, uh, if I maybe count out loud with you, um, <laughs> one of the very first um, projects is a project called the Aspire Project. This is a, a student housing project. There's going to be 800 uh, living units uh, or 800 uh, uh, units for 800 people. Uh, so there's going to be 800 students that live there. There's a Browning multifamily uh, housing unit, which is going to be, uh, again, a couple hundred. And then if you look all the way out at the far end, there's a um, village development called Provenance, uh, and it's going to have uh, about um, 600 or so uh, family, you know, individual family residences. So if I did the quick math on there, you know, that's about 1,500 mm-hmm. uh, people, perhaps, um, new, new, new residential opportunities uh, for people to live uh, live in the district. Awesome. And again, once an, again, an opportunity to mix current students and professionals and families uh, all living together. Absolutely. When will some of these projects be finished? Is there a project date on those? So the Aspire project uh, is slated to be complete uh, this August, about a month and a half, and ready for the academic uh, fall fall start of the the academic year uh, this year. Uh, Multifamily unit uh, is still in planning phase. Um, Not sure then. It's probably about a two-year time frame before that was still online. Uh, the provenance, uh, the individual sort of family homes, 
that actually is going to be developed over over a series of, of years. Okay. But the first portion of that is going to be developed or groundbreaking is going to occur uh, uh, late this year. Uh, so that'll be developed in stages. Uh, but I would say in the next 18 months, you'll probably start to see some of those units come online as well. When I talked to President Daniels, we talked about record number of enrollment last year uh, with students. Will this uh, Aspire community help alleviate some of that problems? It should. It should. It just depends. <laughs> I don't know what the final numbers would sure. be. You never know. It keeps going up and up and up. But it should take care of that problem. Let's hope that it does. It's not, uh, it's not a good start when you have to scrambling for tight dorm space for people. Right. But let's hope that the Inspire takes care of that problem. Right. Uh, the other aspect was the play. Um, talk about that. Is there trails, playgrounds? Uh, what are we looking at here as far as for people to get out and do recreational stuff? Yeah, so if you look at the, the district itself, there's some you know some specific amenities that are being planned that could be you know considered in the play sort of area space. You, you, you hinted at a trail, so there's going to be some very nice trails for biking and walking and jogging um, and through, throughout the area. So it's going to hopefully be a very active community. And on purpose, it's being built to be dense so that there's a lot of walkability to the district. So you know we would we would envision that once you park your car, uh, you know on a Friday night coming home from work if you don't live in the district you probably don't need to get back in that car till monday morning you can you can pretty much live the entire time and play the entire time the whole weekend in the district so there's going to be some of those amenities there's going to be a, a very interesting um sort of activation hub uh, sort of a central park uh, of the district where we're going to be bringing a lot of uh, farm to table restaurants and other sorts of uh, cultural amenities uh, we're really also are trying to focus on how do you bring art to the district. Uh, so we're working actually with some of the Purdue teams. Uh, Purdue has a wonderful uh, um, set of galleries uh, and so figuring out how to actively display uh, some of that artwork and, and bring new forms of art, uh, music, things like that to the district will be obviously part of the planning and event planning that goes on uh, in the district. And then you know, if you look at it, you're within walking distance of the tremendous amenities that are Purdue University offers from a play standpoint. So access to athletic events, art events, um, speaker series, all of the other amenities that Purdue University has. So we're really just trying to integrate and enhance and add and complement to what's already there. Uh, but it's, it's going to be a very vibrant uh, play community, live, live and play community. For you personally, what's been the most exciting part of all this so far, or a current or future project that you that excites you? I think the, the thing that excites me the most is just working with all of the, the great people that are trying to think about the best ways to curate this um, and develop this. Everything from the developer like Browning Investment to the architects who helped with the master plan to some of the people that are building the building to talking to the potential companies that are interested in locating here and trying to find out okay, what, what are some of the things that you would like to see us build into or bring to the area that's going to attract you and, and want to and, and get you to you know, sort of talk about it to other people. Uh, I alluded to, to um, the, 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 um, my job as Chief Innovation and Collaboration Officer. You know, I, I usually ask really one or two questions to get the, to get the conversation going uh, with, with most of these people. One is, you know, what are your biggest problems and how can I produce, you know, help 
other thing I'd like to ask is, well, if I could bring one other company or organization or stakeholder to Community University or to Discovery Park, who would that be? And that also opens up all kinds of interesting opportunities and for, for you know, development and outreach and collaboration. So the fun part for me, the most fun part for me, uh, really has been working with all of these terrific organizations and companies about thinking about how to, do, how to plan for the future of this development. What, what are you most proud of so far? Um, I'm, I'm very proud to be part of the Purdue team. Um, I, uh, I probably have been at Purdue for about a year and a half. Uh, I was on the PRF board for maybe two years prior to that. Uh, I helped start the Indiana Bioscience Research Institute in Indianapolis and obviously worked with a great group of people to get that thing uh, started and launched, and, and you know that's well underway. Didn't know exactly uh, what I wanted to do after the Indiana Research Institute uh, experience, but uh, President Daniels gave me a call, and I also spoke with you know, other people at the PRF organization at Purdue University. And when they said, "Hey, do you have to like to come up here and be part of this?" it just made me feel you know really, really special. And so that's really what I'm most proud of is the opportunity to work with the team up here to advance the mission of the university. Uh, and take it into its infinitive uh, time. I mean, it's a pivot point from the past 150 years, and so we have the opportunity to set the course for the next 150 years. So being part of that makes me feel uh, you know, really special and proud to be up here. Any uh, upcoming announcements or future projects that haven't been made public yet that you can speak of? Um, I would just say watch this space. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, there's, there's never a dull moment up here. <laughs> Uh, at Purdue. <laughs> so on any given day, anything can happen. But I would say the next you know, 30, 60 days, there's going to be a whole series of things to get in this convergence building. Um, we're at the final, hopefully final stages of uh, finding some, some, some major tenants, some major organizations coming into that space. I think that'll set the stage for building that up uh, with regard to um, to tenants and bringing more companies to campus. Uh, and, you know, that's just what I know. I'm sure that there's probably a bazillion other things that are happening across campus that I just don't know. But as I said, there's never a dull moment up here. If people want to learn more about uh, Purdue Discovery Park District or get involved, where can they go or what should they do? Um, there's a website called Discovery District discoveryparkdistrict.com um, and that provides a nice overview of the district. It sort of uh, provides you with a sort of a map, shows you all these different components and elements uh, of the district. Uh, I think there's actually also a copy of the, uh, it's a pretty long document, but if you wanted to read the, the overall master plan uh, for the development of the space um, or the development of this area, you can find that online. Uh, and then it's also a place where uh, announcements are being made about some of these, um, either, you know, the past things that we talked about, like the Saab um, decision and things like that. But that's also where we'll be putting up some of these future uh, announcements um, to come. So discoveryparkdistrict.com is probably the best place to go. David, anything I've left out that you feel we need to mention? 
Uh, no, I mean, I think you've covered it nicely. It, it just, uh, the, the, the opportunity to build something that complements the university, but does it in a way that advances the mission of the, of the university and, and invites people, new people into the community. I think that's, that's really the most important thing. And, and obviously being a research intense environment, uh, the notion of how that's going to play into future innovation and the development of innovation and collaboration. Operations, you know, that's really the heart of it. And so, um, you know, as we go into this next 150 year period for the university, uh, it's an exciting time. That's great. David, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for joining the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. A reminder you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. You can also listen, like, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Thanks again for listening to Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.